Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have with us Christine Geshom share God's word today. She encourages us to look closer at ourselves and see what we hold on to. Our tendency is often to cling on to things and people that we trust or are devoted to. What if we were to instead turn our eyes to an unchanging God and his infallible word? Hi church, it's my joy and pleasure to bring God's word to you today. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed having um Reverend Paul and Pastor Ranjit share the word over the past 2 weeks. I needed it. I needed to be filled. I know Geshom can say the same. And even as we get into God's word today, I was um reading this story in the Reader's Digest, the drama in real life section of Reader's Digest and Um I don't know about you I'm totally an unadventurous person. Uh my husband will tell you that. I am uh, completely averse to anything um risky. But I love reading the drama in real life because it's it just it's me living vicariously through someone else's life. And there was this story of a huge navy ship that was navigating a storm in the middle of the Andaman Sea and two seamen fell off board and the whole bunch of them had to abandon ship. but these two guys somehow found each other in the turbulent waters and uh, they w- they had just one life boy between the two of them so the two of them got into that life boy held on to each other for dear life um and they had to wait about 40 hours before they could be rescued and in the process of that 40 hours um one of the younger seamen the one who was less experienced got so weary that he actually hung on to the older seaman he actually held on to him um clung on to him piggyback style as the other man held on to the life boy and they waited to be rescued now i want you to retain that image in your mind because we're going to come back to it but i've titled today's sermon as hold fast okay and our passage for reference is deuteronomy chapter 4 verses 3 to 9 this is a passage that i've been meditating on for the past one month and god has been speaking to me about it personally and i hope that as i share some of the insights god has placed are uh, given to me if I, as i give it to you that it will change your life as well deuteronomy chapter 4 verses 3 to 9 it says your eyes have seen what the lord did at baal peor for the lord your god destroyed from among you all the men who followed the baal of peor but you who held fast to the lord your god are all alive today see i have taught you statutes and rules as the lord my god commanded me that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it keep them and do them for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who when they hear all these statutes will say surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people for what great nation is there that has a god so near to it as the lord our god is to us whenever we call upon him and what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that i said before you today only take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life make them known to your children and your children's children so like i said i titled the sermon today as hold fast because this passage when you look at it closely it's actually asking us to hold on to two things Moses is writing this and telling the people that they needed to hold fast to God and they needed to hold fast to the law which was the word of God. 
Now, the background to this, you, if you noticed, it said the Baal of Peor. What is the background? So the Israelites were camped out. They were in the wilderness. They were camped out by the ridge uh, near the Moabite people. And Balak, the king of Moab, calls Balaam, who is an independent prophet, so to speak, and calls him and says, curse these guys. But God clearly speaks through Balaam to Balak saying, they cannot be cursed. Okay, because they belong to me. I love them. I cherish them. No one can curse them. There is no sorcery, nor divination against Israel. That's where that verse comes from. And so what happens eventually is that after three oracles that Balaam recites, it's very clear to Balak that they cannot curse these people. And so Balaam incites an adulterous situation where he takes Moabite women to the Israelite men and the men sin sexually. And what comes after that is a horrible plague because of the sexual sin of the Israelite men. God breaks out a plague over the people and close to 24,000 people die. And in the middle of that plague breaking out, one very cocky Israelite man brings in a Midianite woman into the camp, brings her in with the purpose of, of adultery when Phinehas, one of the sons of Aaron, actually follows them in, takes a spear and pins them both to the ground. And because of his zeal for God, the plague stops. Okay, so that's the background for this. So the people who were left behind, who were untouched by the plague, were the ones who didn't sin, were the ones who held fast to God. So you see what I'm saying? That's the background. And he's reminding them. He's saying, remember what happened in Baal of Peor? Remember how a whole bunch of you died because of your uh, sinfulness before our holy God. But yet there are a bunch of you left behind. And you guys were the ones who held fast to God. So today, for us modern day followers of Jesus, those of us who love the Lord, we need to come back to two things. We need to come back to two things in order to prevent our hearts from wandering. Because like that song says, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. We are so prone to wander as humans. It is in our DNA. It is in our innate nature. Sin is a condition for us. And therefore, it is important that we come back to two things. And that those two things are one, the presence of God and two, the power of his word. What am I saying when I say the presence of God? Look at verse 7 of Deuteronomy 4. This is what it says. Yes, what other great nation has gods that are intimate with them the way God our God is with us, always ready to listen to us? And that's the beauty of our God. What is so special about our God? He is closer than close. He is closer than our very breath. He is present everywhere we go. He is with me right now as I speak. He is with you right now as you're listening. He is with us. He is in us. He surrounds us. And that's the beauty of his presence that where we are, where we are right now, his presence stays with us. And it's interesting because that's an intimidating thought. You know, when we were youth leaders back in the day, we would tell young people, you know, if you're watching porn, the spirit of God is there with you and he's not very pleased. In fact, he's a bit sad. And so that for us as adults, as reassuring as it is that, you know, his presence is with us, it is a bit intimidating because it helps us keep ourselves safe. It helps us stay in the pre in the center of God's will. What do I mean by that? When I remember that his presence is with me, when I remember that he is with me at all times, now that I'm part of the family of God, I will actually hesitate before I step into spaces where I'm not meant to be. I will actually rethink any relationship that I'm not meant to dabble in. I will actually watch over my business practices so that I'm not doing operating in the gray. 
his presence doesn't depart so where i go his presence comes with me and it's it's a scary thought but a lot of times when we when people have turned away from god you look at the life of saul he outright disobeyed god and it says that the presence of god departed from saul i wonder if we would look at the presence of god for what it is and understand that we really can't run far from it david writes in psalm 139 he says where can i go where your presence is not there if i go to the deep there you are if i go to the depths of the earth there you have to go to the heavens there you are and that is a sobering yet comforting reality for each one of us are we enjoying the presence of god that's the question we need to come come back to is his presence everything that keeps me going when the storms hit me can i rely on the fact that his presence is with me in the storm because the beauty of this presence of god this this whole understanding of his presence is it's the antidote to loneliness it is the antidote to grief it is the antidote to suffering we don't necessarily get all our answers but i can rest in the fact that his presence is with me it is the add on when we are in the high points of life we going through success his presence is with me when i'm having a victory his presence is with me when my joy is overflowing his presence is with me it's the add on it's the antidote it's what sets us apart from the world because it says people will talk what god is there who is so intimate as this god it will set you apart we don't have to go looking for it a lot of times we use these statements of you know we're going to invite the presence of god in with our worship but the presence of god is already there i'm just going to become more aware of it i'm going to allow others to relish that presence along with me that is what it looks like so the presence of god we need to learn to enjoy the presence of god we need to learn to rest in the presence of god the second thing that we need to hold fast to is the word of god verse 8 in the amplified says what great nation has statutes and judgments so righteous upright and just as this whole law which i'm placing before you today statutes and judgments those are the rules the ordinances it was the 10 commandments and then all the add-ons that moses told them by by revelation god told him and he would communicate it to them and you know it's funny because a lot of times people who don't know jesus those who don't really walk the christian way of life will make it sound like the word of god and the commandments of god are fetters what are fetters fetters are like chains that hold us down they don't prevent us from having fun they don't allow us to go there they feel it's a bunch of nose but the beautiful thing about the christian uh, the the way of life and the word of god that we use as our compass is that they are guardrails they're not fetters what is a guardrail if you're going on on a you know a windy hilly road you know in the western ghats if you're going up to uti or kunur or if you're in any part of the world where you go up a mountainous region there are guardrails usually on very deep bends and what do the guardrails do they prevent you from going off course and falling down the cliff they keep you from wrecking your life do they interfere with your route not really they're at the edge they keep you on track and that is what the word of god does it convicts us it it helps us in times of weakness temptation but it's not a fetter because in jesus we are set free we get to enjoy life as we see fit but the word of god every day when i sit in the word of god it keeps me on track it keeps me on track as a mother it keeps me on track as a wife it keeps me on track as a daughter it keeps me on track as an in-law it helps me navigate my life because it's those guardrails that i need it's not a fetter that holds me back not at all 
And the interesting thing is we're living in times when people are questioning the written word of God. They say, you know what, we don't need to read the Old Testament. It's totally irrelevant. They may tell you that it's it's not 100% foolproof. There are so many mistakes. Here's the thing that I want to remind you, that we need to read the word of God in its entirety. And when the Holy Spirit is a because he's with us, remember the presence of God, the Holy Spirit gives us revelation as we read the word of God. It's amazing that in every season of my life, when I've gone to God with my questions, when I've gone to God and literally beat on his chest, I have gotten answers in the weirdest of scriptures. I would be reading something totally unrelated and something would jump off the page at me. The written word of God is a map for our lives in the time we live in. It is not irrelevant. It's not outdated. Trust me. So if you're having doubts about God, get into his word. You have no idea how to you know, run your business? Get into the word. No clue how to parent your children? Get into the word. Need help in relationships? The word has the answers you need. The written word of God is powerful and meaning and relevant, meaningful and relevant even today. So the enemy would like you to believe that, you know, you don't need to read, you know, the prophetic books. You don't need to read the Old Testament. Oh, what do you need all that for? Not at all. The whole canon has been put together by divine inspiration and it is what we need for life and godliness. The enemy will inject doubts into the veracity of the scriptures, but I want to read for you Hebrews 4 verses 12 to 13. In the message, it says this, God means what he says, what he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one can resist God's word. We can't get away from it, no matter what. Sharp as a surgeon's scalpel cutting through everything, doubt or defense. The word of God is powerful. The written word of God. And the interesting thing is there's the written word of God and there's the spoken word of God. If you are not reading the written word of God, how will you be able to distinguish the spoken word of God? It could be a figment of our imagination. It could be just an hyperactive imagination. It could be the voice of the enemy. It's only when we know the written word of God that we will be able to discern the spoken word of God. So it's very important that we cling on, that we hold on to God because his presence is with us at all times and that we rest in his word. And the important thing, you know, when we actually hold on to God and his word, there is a beautiful outcome that comes from this. And that outcome is receiving wisdom and understanding. Verse 6 explains this. Deuteronomy 4 verse 6, obey them completely and you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. When they hear all these decrees, they will exclaim how wise and prudent are the people of this great nation. You and I, when we choose to obey God, we choose to live in obedience to his word. What will make us stand out from the crowd is the wisdom and an understanding which will actually be so demonstrated, which will be so tangible. As single people, as couples, as children, as teens, as parents, we cannot do life without wisdom and understanding. If, you, if you're actually living in this time of, of, you know, history, you will know this, that you need wisdom for everything. Be it choosing a person to help you at home, to, to actually employing someone in your company, to actually parenting teenagers who are on the brink of breaking out into different things. Without wisdom and understanding, we'll mess it up. 
we need wisdom and understanding in how we conduct ourselves in how we work in how we lead in how we actually reflect christ to a watching world we can't do it without wisdom and understanding and so the important thing is without obedience this wisdom and understanding will not be manifest in our lives we want the wisdom and understanding that the world demonstrates people are investing in things they're making big bucks i want that lord but what if it comes down to me actually obeying god to obeying his word and then he will give me a wisdom and understanding which surpasses the wisdom and understanding of this world so i want you to come back to the story of the two men in the andaman sea I want us to picture our Christian walk like that. So often we get thrown overboard. Maybe a diagnosis, maybe a marriage breaking, maybe a child leaving home, maybe a sickness that I never thought would come near me. And I feel like I'm swimming in turbulent waters. The beautiful thing is that Jesus jumps in that water and he's with us. And he's the more experienced one of the two of us. And so he holds me as I just kind of sleep in and drift in and drift out of consciousness. he holds me because with him when i cling to him when i cling to that life boy which is likened to the word of god i can be assured that rescue is imminent it may feel like 40 hours it may feel like 40 years but what am i holding on to when i'm in those choppy waters what am i holding on to am i holding on to god am i holding on to his word that's very important i'm going to address the women right now who are watching this today the world celebrates mothers day and as a mother i believe i have a word specifically for you a word that i needed and i want to share with you as well verse 9 says this only take care keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life make them known to your children and to your children's children i want to tell this specifically to every woman who's watching if you're a mom if you're an expectant mom you're a mom who of grown up children care for your soul women if you're waiting to be a mom if you're in a season when you think that will never happen for me can i encourage you that you would care for your soul in the wait that you won't allow yourself to just drift that your faith will be on track that your mind your thoughts will be on track because i know what it's like to allow the world and its troubles to just kind of hit you and you don't know what to do because you're holding up the emotions of so many people around you not just yourself and it's so easy to not care for our soul but here i felt like you know when i was preparing this i felt like god was saying this to each one of us women keep your soul diligently which means you do repeated heart checks check where you're leaning away from god have you drifted away from him are you living with integrity is holiness something that you actually pursue with the help of the holy spirit have you become emotionally dry are you spiritually running on empty it's a good thing to do that because when you notice those things you can first of all take it to the lord in prayer and next you get help speak to a counselor speak to a wise friend get help when your soul is weary and wounded or battered It's so easy to forget what God has done which is why he says lest you forget the things your eyes have seen I have to remind myself so often when my soul is dry when my mind is haywire I have to remind myself that the God who has led me thus far will lead me again he's not stopping with me he's not given up on me when people can't handle my emotions God can handle my emotions when my children don't understand that everything I say is out of a heart of love God understands that because that's how he deals with us most of the time So I want to encourage you 
that when you are literally feeling like you're going under, that you will come back to the surface knowing that you have to guard your soul diligently, that you will care for yourself like God wants you to, that you will not doubt who God is, that you will not doubt whether what he said to you was actually him, that you will not doubt his motives because when you start doing all of that, you will start spiraling downwards. Get help. Rest in him. Sometimes it means actually switching off your phone. Maybe it means going for a spa date. Maybe it means sitting in front of the TV just for maybe an hour, switching off. So you rest and refill. Maybe it means doing something you've given up a long time back. Maybe it was art. Maybe it was pottery. Maybe it was drawing. Maybe it was writing. Care for your soul because that is what actually keeps us going on the journey of life. The important thing that he ends with, he says, is make them known to your children and your children's children. Mums and grandmums, we have the highest calling on earth because we model to our children and grandchildren Jesus himself. We are modeling to them through our every touch, through our every, uh, you know, look, through our smile, through our reactions. We are modeling Jesus to them. So we need so much added help. Which is why I'm saying guard your soul, look after it diligently. But more important, that through every season, you will live with authenticity. That you will pursue holiness so that your children and grandchildren will see Jesus in you. Remember that you should teach them from your life. It's very easy to take a Bible and preach at our children. But I found that more is caught than taught. Which means when they're watching how I handle people, when they watch how I grieve over things that I lose, when I, when they watch how I handle a horrible, you know, situation, I'm able to communicate more to them from what I'm learning myself. So be honest with them. When they see you struggle, tell them, you know, I'm struggling, but I'm leaning on God. I can't do this alone. When, when you are absolutely broken and you're allowing God to put the pieces back, bring them in on the journey. Tell them, you know what, pray for me. Walk with me. I need help. And when you bounce back, when you find your healing, when you find your restoration, point that glory out, you know, which God's glory, which is being demonstrated, show that to them. See, this is what God did for me. It's not me. It's not, you know, my situation. It was not money. It was God. Every situation in our lives, every single one is so worthy of being taught to our kids. So maybe you tone it down. Don't, don't you know, scare them with every single detail, but teach it to those who are watching. Maybe you're a spiritual mom today. You don't need to be over 40 to be a spiritual mom. You could be a spiritual mom at 20. You could be mentoring little children in your Sunday school. You could be a teacher in a public school. You could be a tutor. Whatever it is, you're a spiritual mom to someone. I want to encourage you that you don't look at them as a burden, but you look at it for the high calling that it is. And even in that situation, keep feeding your soul with that which is good. And use every opportunity to demonstrate the love of God to those entrusted to you. So women of God, if I could encourage you that you would rise up as spiritual mothers in the church today, wherever you are located, choose to put down the names of little children that you need to pray for, kids who don't have it all going. What if you stood in the gap for them? You don't have to have birthed them from your womb. If you birth them in your heart, cherish them there. Lead them to Jesus Keep encouraging them on the journey. We need, like Paul told um, one of the churches, he said, we have many teachers. We don't have many fathers. Can I encourage you that moms, you will rise up. Come out from where you're at. 
don't worry about what the world has labeled you you can be a mom to someone as mums and grandmums who will stand in the gap who will pray for this generation that is coming forward that they will be all that god has created them to be people of god even as i close can i encourage you to enjoy god's presence on the daily not just oh you know today i'm i'm on my day off so i'll give god a little more time no every day it could be when you're driving to work you're stuck in traffic enjoy his presence in the car enjoy his presence on that subway train enjoy his presence when you have a shower his presence is with you at all times you don't need a particular time or a date with him it's all the time will you live rooted in god's word will you enjoy reading his word and will you find greater joy in obeying it because in obeying god and his word we are assured to live with wisdom and understanding you know we're living in times i was just recently uh, reading a news article where a child was taken to a police station and um on account of sexual abuse and the uh, officer at the at the j at the um, uh, police station actually abused her again and when i was reading that i was just thinking we're living in such dark times sexual immorality is rampant corruption has trickled down from the top into the smallest of communities and there is no fear of god instead we have a fear of people we have a fear of of the government we have a fear of our health we have a fear of the future we have a fear for our children and how they're going to turn out primarily there is no fear of god because if we had a fear of god i'm sure things would change but if we as a people of god could come back to this place of saying lord i want to live in a holy awe and reverence of you can you imagine what that would look like because as we change family by family communities will be transformed as communities are transformed cities will be transformed and that's the call on our lives that we as followers of jesus lovers of jesus that we will not sell our soul to the god of this age who says you know what you need to make it top in your career you need to push through by you know hell or high water you have to make it you need to go forward maybe you're someone who's saying you know i will just you know operate in this gray shady area because there's no other way to do business what if i was to encourage you that you would wholeheartedly give your allegiance to god that you choose to live in complete submission to him and his word i believe that god is calling us back to three things undiluted devotion unabashed loyalty and unshakable trust what does this look like why do i mention these three things you know so often our devotion is mediocre at best we you know i mean i'll turn up to church because i need to it's the thing i have to take off or maybe you're in a worship team and you just think well you know it's just worship it's not a big deal i'll just come and you know wing it or maybe i'm someone who teaches people and i'm like you know what this is you know the sacred this is the secular i am in the secular i can do whatever i want no can i just tell you that everything is sacred the way I, i conduct myself in my home at church at my office all of it counts and all of it will demonstrate my devotion to god our devotion to him cannot be mediocre it has to be undiluted concentrated devotion what about our loyalty unabashed loyalty when i was writing this point i was thinking of my sons they were sharing this interesting story that happened the last week and i'm sharing it with the um, permission of my teenager so apparently my youngest son was playing cricket with the, with his older brother and their friends and as they were playing my son was you know the youngest was singing the song yeshu naam at the top of his lungs and bowling and stuff 
So one of the friends of my teenager said, um, what is, what is he singing? So, you know, our oldest said, yeah, he's singing some song. And he said, what does Yeshu mean? And, um, it was a great segue. My son could have used it. Instead, he said, I have no idea, man. Let's keep playing. Unabashed loyalty. I don't blame my son because I was like that as a teenager. But the time is coming when those of us who know the Lord, those of us who are walking with him for a certain period of time, we need to be loyal to him without a fault. That you will say, I belong to Jesus. I love Jesus. I live for Jesus. No longer can we be, you know, so loyal to friends, to our families of origin, to our culture, that we give up on Jesus. Loyal to a fault. And we also need to have an unshakable trust. And this, I speak from a place of knowing what it's like to have a shaky trust. Because so often when things happen and you're just trying to grapple with it, you go, God, where are you in this? Do you really want me to walk through this? You said this, but this is happening. God, where are you? But I believe that we need to come back to a place of saying, Lord, it is stormy. It is such a dry wilderness, Lord, that I'm walking through. But you are still good and you are still God. I don't get it, but I'll trust you. And I believe it comes back to a consistent walk with him so that my faith is consistent. So that my devotion is deep. And so that my loyalty is to only him, not to everything else. Sometimes we, we prioritize loyalty to our, our spouses, our children, to our work culture, but we forget that our primary loyalty should be to him. So what are you holding on to today? What am I holding on to? I've been asking this a lot of myself as we took a, you know, a few weeks of just resting. That's what I've been asking God. What am I holding on to, Lord? Am I holding on to my need for control? Am I holding on for my need for clarity, for closure? Or am I holding on to you and trusting you with the outcomes, whatever it looks like? Can we recommit to giving him our loyalty, our trust and our devotion? Can we pray together? Father, I just pray right now for everyone who is listening to this. I don't know what their stories are, but you do, Father. And I pray that if anyone is struggling to hold on to you, Father, and to your word, that today, Holy Spirit, you will move in this place, that you will put in them a deep desire to know you and to know your word, to read your word, that they will cherish your word, O oh Father, and they will just sink into it. I pray that each one of us would have a deeper desire to obey your word, O oh Father, to live by what it says. Spirit of God, I pray that you would tune our ears to your voice. And most importantly, Father, I just pray for a deeper devotion, a complete trust in you, Father, and a loyalty which is just so unshakable. Father, I pray for the women who are right now listening. I pray over them that, Lord, wherever they are at, maybe the doctors have said there's barrenness, that nothing good will come from that womb. Father, we speak health over them. We speak healing over them. I speak to their hearts, their minds, that there will be a resurrection, that there will be a restoration. I pray for girls who have gotten a divorce before they could have a child and are so grieving right now. I just pray that they will not give up waiting on you, Father. I pray you would give them strength in the wait. I pray right now for moms who have lost a child. Maybe the child was in the womb. Maybe the child was in their arms. I don't know. But Lord, I pray that you will give them peace that passes all understanding, that you will hold them, Father. 
I pray for senior mums, mums who don't see their children as much as they want, mums who miss their children. Father, I pray that you would comfort them, that Lord, in their loneliness, they will experience you in such a sweet way. I pray for those who have lost mums in the past year who are grieving that, Lord. I just pray that you would comfort them, that Lord, you will touch them right now, that Lord, they will experience your never-ending love, the everlasting love that is so characteristic of you. We love you so dearly, Father. We thank you that your presence is all around us. It's within us. And it's what the, is the only thing that's going to keep us going, oh Father. We thank you. I pray right now for anyone who's feeling completely alone. Presence of God, would you envelop them right now? That they will feel you in their room. They will feel you in their bed. They will feel you in their sofa. They will feel you right where they're at. We pray that the word of God will come through powerfully. As they read your word, there will be breakthroughs in their life. There will be restoration. There will be a rebuilding that happens. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Remember as you go into this week that you will hold on to God, that you will hold on to his word. Be aware of where you are actually holding on, which probably is not in his will for you, that you would be aware of it and you would keep coming back to him. Have an amazing week. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, Whoever finds Jesus, finds life.